Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So I want to talk about a couple of different topics today in this video slash podcast. And, you know, as the title of it would suggest, I want to start off with precious metals solely because of the price action that we've seen uh, really in the last two, week, two weeks dating back to, to when gold was getting pretty close to that key resistance level of 1350 uh, and, and silver actually at the time was trading, I think, north of $16 for a short period of time. Well, today, Monday, uh, March 4th, by the way, uh, very different picture. Uh, gold about $60 off of its highs uh, from, from roughly two weeks ago, currently around twelve eighty six, And silver about a dollar off of its highs, uh, currently around fifteen oh eight. So So quite a bit of a pullback. And, and I don't want to create some sort of a double standard here where, you know, I make a big deal about the move up from, you know, roughly these levels, 1290, pretty quickly above 1300. And then ultimately to to uh, uh, just shy of 1350 for gold and a decent move up for silver as well. And then dismiss this move down. Uh, this is a, a, a significant, I'll say a significant move down. This is a little bit more than just noise, unless you're looking over a period of many years or potentially decades. Um, and I say that because of the historical uh, resistance that gold has experienced at that 1350. And I know I, silver fortune, like why are you talking about gold so much and not silver? And, and this kind of goes back to something I've been saying for, for quite a while now, talking about how, you know, as we move into this this bull market stage for silver and gold, which I think they it has begun and they're, they're still within this bull market, gold I think is going to lead the way for a bit, meaning that yes, the gold to silver ratio is high, and that's another topic to discuss here in a second. But yes, it's high, and yes, it might come down a bit. But until, in my opinion, gold breaks thirteen fifty, and then eventually fourteen hundred, that ratio is going to stay a little high, and then we're going to see, I think, ultimately that big move up in silver, proportionate to gold, meaning that ratio is going to come down. Um, but with that being said, that's you know that's kind of why I'm talking about gold, and and that is kind of the key resistance level that gold has been denied around that thirteen fifteen thirteen sixteen or sorry, 1350, 1360 level. Uh, and, and it bounced, uh, I'd say, pretty hard off of that resistance this time around. Now, does that mean that we're going to see silver around $14 an ounce again, gold around $1,200? No, I don't think so. I don't think that's in the cards. Now, I could be wrong, but but I don't see that playing out that way. Um, I, I think that, yes, they do have some room to move down still, Silver certainly could break below 15, briefly, 1490, maybe 1480. Gold could move down potentially to a test of 1260. Even 1250 wouldn't be out of the question. But I I still think that that they're going to be moving back up above 1300 gold, above 1300 and, and silver, you know, correspondingly higher. Now, talk about the two metals. The gold to silver ratio has uh moved back up again actually uh you know as i speak right now i don't know the exact number but earlier in the day it was actually north of 85 to one meaning 85 ounces of silver to, to equal the uh, the price of one ounce of gold which is you know that's another thing to keep in mind is that i i think you know if we're looking at the price for silver and gold individually i think they've made their bottoms I think they made their bottoms in late 2018. Silver uh, under 
uh, under $14 an ounce. Uh, gold, I think it was 11, what, 1180, 1160. I forget the exact number. The, and I don't see them heading um, that far down again. I, I don't think they're going to bounce off of that. Uh, and, and I think the gold to silver ratio, the reason I bring that up is I think the gold to silver ratio, I think, has some pretty serious uh, uh, resistance, or I should say support, or whatever way you're looking at it. Around that 86 to 1, 85, 86, 87 to 1 area. And, and I don't see it going much higher than that. 90 to 1, 90. No, I, I don't see that happening either. I think, you know, kind of talking about silver and gold for, especially in late 2018, the big story was, in my opinion, for, for people that were looking to get in. And obviously, I don't take any of this as an investment advice, just one man's opinion, uh, one man's analysis. But the, the risk-reward ratio for silver and gold, not that I'm treating them as a speculative asset, but the downside risk appeared pretty limited back then. It remains pretty limited, maybe not quite as limited, but still pretty limited today. And of course, the upside reward uh, looked very uh, enticing, especially when you take into account uh, broader uh, fundamentals for, for silver and gold, uh, lack of fundamentals for, for fiat currencies, etc. Uh, but um, I think that's kind of the case for the gold to silver ratio as well, that, that the, the upside uh, move to, to, to the ratio I think is very limited. Um, 86 to 1. I think that's going to be the cap. Uh, and, and otherwise, you know, I think uh, silver for the most part is going to outperform gold heading here uh, going forward. So, you know, it's kind of my take on the silver and gold market uh, right now as of early this week. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if they move a little bit further down, but I think ultimately the gold will move back up above 1300 here. Uh, but we'll see. You know, we got a Fed meeting coming up uh, in March here and, and, and plenty of other uh, big happenings, I guess, going on around the world. But I certainly think that this rally is, is not over. I don't think that the move from, from you know, uh, October, November to, to uh, ultimately the high, you know, roughly two weeks ago, I don't think that's the extent of this move up. I think it has quite a ways to go still. Uh, you know, I do want to talk about two other things real quick in this in this podcast um, because you know I, I, I'm planning on making a video for for tomorrow on debt, and, and I talk a ton about debt, national debt, but I'm really I think peeling away some important layers here, and I think that I, I highly re- recommend that you listen to or, or watch that uh, and check it out because I think you'll you'll definitely I, I hope to offer some some new novel insight into the impact of the national debt and why it's such a dire situation. But but I have two other topics that I want to jam into that video today. First of all. I want to talk about uh, just this chart, actually, not this entire article, but just a chart over on Zero Hedges from an article called Trader Warns Markets Are Extrapolating the Good News Well Beyond the Current Fact Set. Now, I'll be honest, I haven't read this entire article. I mostly want to focus on a specific chart in that article. And uh, you certainly can search that title on Zero Hedge and find it pretty simply. But basically what this chart is showing is Fed funds rate versus the Bloomberg Financial Conditions Index. So basically the Financial Conditions Index, the higher it is, the uh, tighter conditions are, the lower it is, the, the easier the monetary conditions are. And basically what this shows is that uh, financial conditions moved up beginning uh, around October, kind of the inflection point back then in the stock market. Um, and and they kind of continued to move up as the Fed hiked uh, in late September and then ultimately in, in mid-December. So so it basically was at a low right after the Fed hiked in September, 
uh, in early October is at the low rate around when the markets were topping and then topped out in mid-December when the Fed uh, did their December rate hike and the, and the markets were freaking out. And of course, the, the, the Christmas Eve uh, mayhem that, that we saw in the stock market during that time period. Now, in the meantime, the Fed funds rate hasn't moved. Now, we're talking about this Fed pause. In reality, it's, it's not even a pause. I, and maybe that's what this article, I mean, I should read it, but but this is something I've been talking about for, or I talked about a week or a couple weeks ago, probably, about how the Fed, you know, there's this, all this dovish talk coming out from them. And, and, and it is dovish in a way. Uh, they are pivoting, but they haven't pivoted yet. In fact, they haven't even paused yet because they haven't raised rates since that December meeting. Yes, but they are continuing their QT program. I mean, that is tightening, quantitative tightening. Like, who would have thought that tightening, a term with tightening in the term, in the word actually could be uh, tightening. But it is a tightening. And yet, since then, since, you know, roughly, I I guess, Christmas Eve or, or late December, financial conditions have gotten much easier. In fact, they're back to where they were around uh, in, in like, uh, you know, mid-October, right, before the markets had moved down a, a good chunk of that that correction or that bear market moved down. And, and, and the reason I bring this up is that I think this this dovish pivot by the Fed, we, we all knew this dovish pivot was going to happen eventually, but it certainly would seem that they have staved off a, a complete collapse in the stock market for a w- little while longer. They've given the, the U.S. economy, the world economy, a bit of a boost by, by easing these financial conditions and whatnot. But it's going to be a short-term boost. And I think in retrospect, I think it will be a very damaging boost, much like what, what China is doing right now with, with their massive uh, credit uh, injections or, or massive expansion of credit, I mean, i.e. debt, increase in debt to, to drive economic growth. Short-term, it, it can provide, I think, a boost to the economy and, and it can, can increase maybe consumer or, or corporate confidence and whatnot. But long-term, and I'm not even talking like five, ten years, but I'm just talking the next year or two, I think people might look back and, and realize that came at a very poor time. you got to understand that by easing financial conditions right now in the United States, by injecting that debt into the Chinese system at this time in the cycle, it is such a short-sighted plan. I mean, that's about the worst possible time. I mean, that's that's like if if, if a guy or a gal, whatever, uh, the primary breadwinner for a family, all right, they're working at some some job, and they decide, well, okay, first of all, they see that their, their corporation is struggling a bit, they're potentially making cuts in the future, in terms of, of jobs, and, and, you know, this, this person's job is on the line in, in the next couple months, and they decide that right then would be a good time not to um, pay off some some debt, not to uh, square away some some financial things, but no, they decide to go out and buy I don't know a boat, a speedboat, or 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 a new ATV, or a new to- you know motorcycle, or, or a gaming system, or something like that. You know, uh, go out and spend a large chunk of change, potentially on credit, at just about the worst time possible, because that's kind of where this U.S. economy, where the global economy is heading, is that. Uh, we're heading for a recession. We're heading for an economic downturn. And this injection of credit, this easing of financial conditions could not be happening at a worse time because ultimately it's not going to be large enough to, to completely stave off a, a recession. 
It's not. It's just potentially going to delay it a little while longer uh, and all the while uh, encouraging consumers and, and corporations to, to continue their, their very short-sighted uh, 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 plans of, of increasing debt and, and, and continuing to over-leverage themselves. The final thing I wanted to talk about today uh, dates back to, to late last week, and, and that is Tesla. Now, I've talked about Tesla and Elon Musk you know, a couple times here on this channel. It's been a long time. In fact, I got a bit of criticism back in the day. That's pretty common when I say you know, Elon Musk is, is, if I call him a charlatan or a liar or prideful or arrogant or, or, or I call Tesla uh, eventual, uh, you know, the next Enron. Or, or the next, uh, uh, I forget what was the name of that company by, uh, uh, what's her name, Elizabeth Banks or something like that. Um, the name of it escapes me, the blood testing company. Uh, people get upset, you know, when I make those types of, of, of comparisons. Uh, it's kind of bugging me what the name of that is now. Um, but I think, <laughs> and, and I said back then, that I'm going to be vindicated eventually on, on Tesla. And this is something I pay attention to quite a bit. I'm not an expert by any means on Tesla and their financial situation. There are many out there on the internet that I think are. I'm not one of them. Uh, but I think the writing is on the wall for Tesla. And, and I think it's something for you guys to keep an eye on. Uh, the, the big announcement last week, uh, Elon Musk uh, teased it on, on, on Twitter, a big announcement coming eventually. The announcement was... The thirty-five thousand uh, dollar Tesla Model Three. Now, in reality, it's actually I think thirty-six thousand two hundred. Uh, the the tax credit uh, that that you could get on the thirty-five thousand had it been released like a year ago or even less than that is only half that now. Um, you, you only can I think get in one color, black, unless you want to you know, pay more money for for a different color. Uh, the the trim options and and some other, you know the range and whatnot is 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 definitely a step down from from some other uh, Tesla products, uh, but it's out there. Um, but the problem with it is is that it's not. Um, I think it's 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 been released at this time with the objective of of cash flow and and not profitability. Uh, and 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 the other thing is Tesla's been making quite a few uh, cuts. To, to the pricing of, of many of their other cars, Model 3, X, S, et cetera, uh, and, and the various uh, options in, in, those, in those different models. Uh, and, and I think it's, it's shown a lot of desperation on, on behalf of Tesla. And this is, you know what, like I, I, could, I could spend an entire hour talking about just the last month of, of very bearish things that have come out about, about Tesla, uh, whether we're talking about the SEC's um, uh, 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 filing a a, um, uh, a lawsuit or whatever uh, a motion to 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 uh, place uh, Elon Musk in contempt, um, or or if it's uh, the uh, I think that was the term I don't know the legalese for it, but the legal term for for exactly the motion they they filed, or the fact that he continues to produce uh, place a, a material. Um, uh, guidance on Twitter, likely without too much guidance from from his legal team. The fact that one of his recent legal advisors left after a very short time coming onto the company. The fact that uh, they recently announced their the the, the, the departure of their and I forget CIO CFO. I forget exactly who it was at their company at the tail end of of their quarterly earnings report. This is all in the last month or two. Um, you go on and on about these very bearish, very questionable things about Tesla. Uh, this is a company that that could be 
uh, done for by, by the end of the year, certainly a year from now. I'm not going to say it's absolutely going to be the case, but but I think this is going to unravel pretty quickly when it ultimately does. Uh, kind of going back to the economy as a whole, it's, it's kind of one of those things, I think I talked about this last week, I saw somebody saying this, that it's it's before it begins, you know, before it ultimately unravels, it's it's going to take a lot longer to get to that point than many people expected. But when it does unravel, it's going to happen. That that period of unraveling is going to happen a lot quicker than anyone expected. And I think that's the case for the economy as, as well as Tesla. Uh, and in fact, I think you know, the future of the economy over the next nine to twelve months is is going to play into I think the demise of of Tesla. Now, is it going to be bankruptcy, Chapter Eleven, Chapter Seven? Are they going to be acquired by somebody else? It's hard to say. Maybe they're going to limp along for another twelve months, or, or who knows? Uh, but but certainly something to keep an eye on. Um, whether you're a trader or not, it's really just a fascinating storyline. But anyways, uh, I, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and this video today. Uh, as always, if you have an idea for future podcast, future topic, if you have questions, anything along those lines, leave it down below in the comment section. And certainly if I, if I like the idea, um, if it's good enough, I'm sure I will. I'd be more than happy to try and, and make a video on it in the future or, you know, refer you to a, to a past video that a podcast I've done in the past. But, but as always, uh, I, I'd like to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, listening to this podcast. We'll be able to do it without you guys and God bless.